uh, Sister Jackie passing away, and uh, I know that's good and uh, bad, but we know that she was saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, and uh, she's a lot better off today than what she was yesterday. And uh, so just pray for the family. It's, it's always difficult on the family, of course, but uh, even at uh, the loss of a loved one, when you know where they're going and the suffering that they're enduring going through, it's sometimes better to let them go. And uh, it's not always easy to do that. What I want to share with you tonight and the subject that I'd like to talk with you about is how Paul begins his ministry. How Paul begins his ministry. Is that pretty loud to y'all? Oh, all right. And, uh, and, uh, we uh, had vacation Bible school last week and uh, had record attendance the first uh uh, first night, and uh, that was pretty exciting, and it was a good uh, time all the uh, all the week. And uh, of course, everyone was very excited about the uh, attendance and everything. But uh, uh, certainly, always good to see children come and take part in uh, services and them be involved. And, uh, read with me, if you will, in Acts chapter nine. I want to reading in Acts chapter uh, 17. Uh, I thought a lot about this, and I taught our Sunday school class this morning. Brother Rusty has gone to the national meeting and uh, preaching Wednesday night. Brother Justin, he's going to run off. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, But anyhow, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity and uh, glad my wife was able to Come with me uh, tonight, and uh, let's begin reading in verse 17. And Ananias went his way, and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, "Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost." And immediately. There fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and come hither for that intent that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Paul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for this, another opportunity that you've given us to assemble here together in this capacity. I thank you for this church. I thank you for her people. And I pray that you might continue to bless them, Father, that souls might continue to be saved and thy people might be strengthened and encouraged in the Lord. I pray for all those that have expressed special interests in our prayers, and I pray that you might grant the families that have lost one loved ones that you might grant them grace sufficient to sustain them 
And I pray for those that are to be traveling this week, going to the national meeting and returning. And uh, I pray that you might give them traveling safety and also the mission builders that are uh, uh, traveling to uh, the work, give them safety in their travel as well. Help us tonight, Father, to exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pray for each one that's present here tonight that we may allow this, your spirit to have its way in our lives tonight. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. The conversion experience of Apostle Paul is found in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 16. It was a miraculous thing, and I think all of us remember that Apostle Paul was on his way to Damascus to uh, take all, anyone, children, adults, whoever, in the captivity, all of those of that way. But the Lord had different plans for Apostle Paul, and he struck him down on the road to uh, Damascus, and we see all of that in Acts chapter uh, 9. But also we see in Acts chapter uh, 9 all the way through chapter 28 and all the other epistles that Apostle Paul uh, had written, which was uh, 13, 14, counting the book, book of Hebrews. He gave here his experience of salvation his experience of being born again in almost all the books that he has uh, written. He was never ashamed to share his experience of grace with our Lord and Savior, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, he, Apostle Paul began his ministry, and, uh, but we also find that he ends his ministry doing the same thing, and that's preaching Jesus. And uh, that's something that we find in all the epistles of Apostle Paul, and how he began his ministry, and even at the conclusion of Paul's life, when they was taking this uh, man's head uh, off him, he still was preaching Jesus Christ. And uh, his conversion was something remarkable, but not in the sight of God. It was a wonderful thing. And I'm thankful for his conversion because it changed the lives of many people and because of his conversion, him going into Macedonia, going into Europe, that caused the gospel to come over here. That's why we are, we have the freedom to preach Jesus Christ in the free pardon of sin to uh, the day. And uh, I think if Paul left us an example, and if followed, we'd see many people saved and come to a knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The other day, I think it was Saturday, I uh, uh, was had the opportunity to go do some door-to-door visitation. And when I, when I left the church, I looked down the street, and there was a man just standing there. And, and in between him and me, there's a lot of houses. And so I went from house to house, passing out brochures and talking to people as they come to the door. And, and, I, and I got to him and uh, began talking to him uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's kind of exciting and strange he said well I was just out here and I was looking at you but I was also looking at the clouds and I didn't know if that was good or bad but uh, anyhow he's uh, had an opportunity to share with him uh, my experience of grace but also the love that the Lord Jesus had for him and he had a lot of questions especially about murderers he said can God Forgive murderers? And I said, a thief? Regardless of what a person has done, 
whether you're a murderer or whatever you are, it doesn't matter. God is willing to forgive you. And God is able to forgive you and wash your sins away and never to remember them again. Whether it's you or anybody else, it doesn't matter. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of God that we have. And that's the kind of God that saved Apostle Paul. That's the kind of God that set him from the bondage and captivity of sin and made it possible for him to preach and exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's how he began his ministry, and that's how he ended his ministry. And we as God's people need to do that also, is exalt the name of Jesus and share the gospel with the lost and dying world. There are a lot of people dying and going to hell, but I want you to notice tonight there's some very important parts in this message about uh, uh, how he began his uh, ministry. Look in verse 17, and we see in the latter part of that verse of Scripture that Apostle Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit of a righteous and holy God. And there's something special about, uh, about that. There is a difference in being filled with the Holy Spirit and indwelt uh, with the Holy Spirit. Now, when a person is saved and washed in Jesus, the moment, the very instant that you receive Jesus Christ as Savior of your soul, then the Holy Spirit comes in. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a one-time experience. It will never happen again. One time, when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior of your soul, the Holy Spirit of God comes in, and it is permanent. He is permanent with you forever and ever and ever. Now listen to what we find in, the, uh, in John chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 6, what it says. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now listen, folks, if you want to go to heaven, then you're going to have to invite this spirit in. There's no other way that you can get to heaven without inviting the spirit of a living God into your heart. And this is something that you have once you are born again. Listen, now what does it say? That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We don't need any more fleshly control. We've got enough of problems with that already. What we do need more of is spirit control once he comes in to our heart and saves us. In Ephesians 4 and, 4 and 30 it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Sealed by the Holy Spirit of God until the day of redemption. Now all that means, folks, is that we can't lose it. We may grieve him, and it talks about that in the first uh, uh, few verses before that, how we as God's people live ungodly life, and sometimes we get angry and animosity and, and our bitterness and all of these things. But he said, these things aren't to be in a child of God's life. And he said, grieve not the Holy And when we exempt, exempt those things before a lost and dying world, then we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, don't we? I mean, this, this is not something that God wants to see from, uh, from any of us as uh, God's people. He wants us to live a godly life, a life that would exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, he says also here in Romans 8 and 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Is this important, folks? If the Spirit of God is not dwelling in you, 
When you trusted Jesus Christ, you asked him to forgive you of your sins, didn't he? And if you'll do that honestly from the heart, then he will. He promised that. He promised that he would do that. And this is what we see here. And uh, Christ is in us. But if we have not invited Christ, if we've not admitted that we're sinners before a righteous and holy God, and we've not invited him in, then the spirit does not live within. And then when we die, we will be eternity separated from God for an eternity. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in spending eternity separated from God. Because if I spend an eternity separated from God, then bless your heart, guess where that other alternative is? It's hell. Fire is hot. Y'all remember Chet? Yeah, I was afraid of that. But he was doing some welding the other day. And he was welding with tennis shoes on. That's not very smart either. But one of those little sparks went down in his tennis shoe. <laughs> and he hollered. It hurts. <laughs> but he said, you know what, Brother Cleveland? Think about this. Inhale. There's going to be an eternity of heat unimaginable by man and it will never go away daylight to dark hell will be an eternal thing constant but you can escape that by trusting Jesus Christ as your savior he says in Ephesians 5 and 18 if you have the spirit of God dwelling in you then you know what else God wants us to be? He wants us to be filled with the Spirit of God. In Ephesians 5 and 18, it says, Be ye filled. Everybody. All of us. He wants us all to be filled with the Spirit. And let the Spirit of God control our actions. Let the Spirit of God control our lives. Let the Spirit of God control our words, the words that we use. That's a simple thing, isn't it? <laughs> I wish. But this young man I was talking to, he was using a few slang words. That's not really necessary, is it? And that's what I told him. When Jesus saves you, when Jesus comes into your heart, when Jesus washes away your sins and you are filled with the Spirit of God, you know what changes? Your life. Your vocabulary. It changes. You ever notice that? So many other things change with your life. And that's why Apostle Paul said, be filled with the Spirit of God. Listen, folks. Understand something. We cannot get any more 
of the Holy Spirit. Because when he come and indwelt in us, we got all the Holy Spirit. But he can get more of us if we'll let him. If we'll let him come in and control, he can get more of us as we allow him to control in our lives. Is that easy to do? No. Serving the Lord in our lesson this morning. What God asked Jeremiah to do, was that easy? <laughs> no. He said, go and preach to these backsliders. And they're not going to listen, but preach to them anyhow. But what God wants us to do is to hear him and be filled with the Spirit of God. There are things that changes once we're saved. And we have many examples of that. The disciples on the day of Pentecost, when we look at Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you go down a couple more verses and you'll hear, you'll read where uh, every man understood in their own language. So this is not a lot of vain babbling. But why did they do that? How did they do that? Because they were controlled with the Spirit of God. And do you know there were some 3,000 souls saved on the day of Pentecost because of the preaching? Because these men, these men had surrendered their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Persecuted, ridiculed, mocked, and most of them was put to death. But some 3,000 souls were saved on the day of Pentecost. And another, just a few days later, another 5,000 souls were saved. That's unheard of today. So has God changed? No. Has the Holy Spirit changed? Has the Lord Jesus Christ changed? No. None of those things has changed. None of those uh, have changed. Who has changed? have they're still the same God is still in control Jesus Christ is still the savior of the world the Holy Spirit is still convicting and leading we've backed up they've not changed we have changed but I want you to notice in Acts chapter 9 Acts chapter 6 verse 3 these men most people think they were the deacons, the early deacons of the, uh, uh, of the church. Listen to what it says. Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. What were they looking for to lead the church of the living God? Men that were filled with the Holy Spirit, Right? And these seven men was chosen. And they were tremendous servants of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And many of them gave their lives up preaching Jesus. Stephen, Philip, they all died preaching Jesus. Stephen, was the martyr, was filled with the Holy Ghost. When you look in Acts chapter 7, verse 55. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God 
and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Is that pretty exciting? What was Stephen doing when he was stoned? Preaching Jesus, right? He was exalting the name of the Lord Jesus. It just so happened the people that he was talking to was offended by what he said because he said, you are guilty. You crucified our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You persecuted. You beat the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You are guilty. And for some reason, they didn't like that. Listen, folks. The church at Ephesus was commanded, commanded to be filled with the Spirit. We as God's people today, God expects us not only to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but he wants us to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Are we? I wish I could say that I was. I wish I could say that the Spirit of God controlled my every decision. I wish I could say that the Spirit of God controlled my every move, my every word. I wish I could say that. But I can't say that. But I know this is what the Lord Jesus wants from each and every one of us. He wants to control our life. He wants to control everything about us so that we might be the servant that God desires us to be. We That's something we need to pray about, and we need to study the scripture and the preaching of the word. It's so very important. Paul was faithful in obedience when we look in verse 18 and 19. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and rose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Paul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. He was faithful in his first steps. i got to move this. This is driving me crazy. Sorry about that. He was faithful in the first steps of the believer. He was baptized. Do you know there are a lot of people that's been saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, yet has never followed the Lord in scriptural baptism? Do you know that's the one of the that is the first ordinance of the Lord's church once we are saved to follow the Lord in baptism? Is that important? Sure it is. Jesus set us an example to follow the Lord in baptism after we're saved. He wasn't baptized to become the Son of God. He was already the Son of God. But he was doing it as an example to us. And yes, we all are to follow the Lord in uh, uh, baptism. He was also faithful as a mature Christian when others were unfaithful. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I want to read these verses of Scripture, verses 14 through 17. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou were where also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, 
the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me their preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear, Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Who stood with him? The Lord stood with him, didn't he? And you know what, folks? Apostle Paul was faithful until the end of his life. Look in verse 6 and 7 of that same chapter of 2 Timothy chapter 14, chapter 4. For I am not ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Till the end. Apostle Paul preached Jesus. Until the end, he was faithful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul also, when we look in verse 20 and 21, he forcibly preached Jesus. 20 and 21 of Acts chapter 9. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him was amazed and said, Is not he this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? Understand that Apostle Paul did not actually stone Stephen, but he was responsible for his death, and maybe he was responsible for other de- others dying also. It does the scripture doesn't say that. But listen, folks, that same man that persecuted Christianity in Jerusalem, now we find him in Damascus preaching that same Jesus. And a lot of people said, we're confused about this. We don't, we don't understand this. Well, there's a lot of things that we get confused about when it comes to Christ. And I know when I was first saved by God's grace and I went on the job the next day, there was a lot of people confused about me also. Even when we was going home that evening, they were still confused. But isn't it amazing when we take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, it will confuse people. Here was a man that was responsible for persecuting Christianity, any of that way. Now, all of a sudden, we find him preaching Christ forcibly to a people that did not want to hear what he was saying. Amazing, isn't it? That's the way God is, folks. Sometimes he puts us in positions that we would rather not be in. I don't know how many of you have ever walked the streets over there by the church. There's some mean dogs over there. I mean, the houses that I went to and the defenses, they would just pound on the fence there and come up to the door and said, man, these folks must be scared of something and, uh, because they got my attention. I wasn't necessarily thinking about God protecting me then, but... Uh, he does in spite of us sometimes, doesn't he? But I'm thankful they were behind the fence and they were behind the doors. Listen, folks. When he preached Jesus, he confounded the, confounded the Jews. They didn't understand. They didn't understand the change that had taken place 
in this man. But he preached Jesus being the son of the living God. And that is our responsibility even today, that we are to preach Jesus, the son of the living God, and he is alive. But I want you to notice something else in closing, folks. Paul finds refuge in Christ Jesus. Look, if you will, in verses 26 through 28. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them, how he had seen the Lord in the way, that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. He come and joined the other disciples, but when you look at this, Barnabas became a close friend, a disciple of Apostle Paul. He had to introduce him and remind the disciples and the apostles, this man, God saved him. God changed him, changed his attitude, changed his attitude, and he preached Jesus in Damascus. He preached Jesus there as well. He lay with the other disciples for many years. The other disciples worked with him as well. And folks, that's something we need to do. Work with one another and exalt in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I was so impressed when I walked back to these classrooms and saw them all cleaned out. And I told my wife, I said, somebody's been busy. They're clean. They look good. Regardless of how it was done, it looks good. The parsonage is beautiful. Just beautiful. Great job. And I can't imagine anyone not liking the work that you've had done over there. It's beautiful. And I commend you for that. Doesn't even look like the same place. And I know a lot of people have been involved in that. But it is beautiful. And I'm sure Brother David will enjoy it. And I'm sure you will all. And hopefully we'll start putting the windows in here tomorrow morning. But remember, God saved us to do something, and that's to preach Jesus. Never fail to exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he's the one that's taking care of us. He's the one that's providing for us. He's the one that's blessed us with all the things that we enjoy in this world. Thank you for being here today that are traveling on the highway. And I'd like to ask you to stand and we'll be dismissed if you, uh, if you will. And